listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with Mr. T, Nikki, and Kyrie, we're here until midnight. Then it's Sports Center all night on 98.7 ESPN. So I got to tell you, for weeks, we've been sitting here talking about whether there would be baseball and whether there won't be baseball and how's it going to hurt and how's it going to look well. It looks like baseball's coming back. As a matter of fact, spring training, <clears throat> well, summer training, <laughs> could start as early as next week, like July 1st. Uh, will it be in Florida? No, it's probably going to be at a local ballpark near you because of the way the COVID 19 pandemic is spiking in the state of Florida and in Arizona. These, these teams, I know the Mets and Yankees are going to be doing their training here in the Big Apple. So that's a good thing. So baseball is back. And I got to tell you, and we're not going to get a lot into it because, you know, you guys have been talking about it a lot. But I will say this in a shortened season where you've got a 60 game sprint which is very unusual for baseball, right? Because normally baseball is a marathon. But this is a 60-game sprint. This is a pennant drive, what you're looking at. And the first month of the season is going to be the most important. The first month of the season is going to be the first important and the most important. And when you look at what the Yankees have been able to do, obviously, you like what they've done. You like their position. Because with the delay, everybody's healthy. Everybody's ready to go. But I got to tell you, and I know Mr. T's going to roll his eyes up in his head, very quietly, I like the Mets' chances. Several reasons. One, they have shown over the past couple of seasons that they get off to a quick start. Getting off to a quick start is going to be very important in this sprint of 60 games. Let's say it's 60 games. So getting off to the quick start, very, very important. Very important. Number two, if indeed, and listening to Michael K today, if indeed the DH will be allowed in the National and American League cities, both, not just interleague, but both. That gives the Mets some depth. It gives them the opportunity to use, okay, brace yourselves. I'm going to say this name. And I know a lot of you are going to be like, who? Joanna Cespedes. Joanna Cespedes could be a great DH. Could be a great DH. Also, if he can't go, it allows Robinson Cano, don't you know, to be a DH, which pulls him out of the field. So it adds offense behind Pete Alonso. And so the offense, a little better defense, and pitching, that's that kind of makes me feel optimistic. Now, I will grant you, I'm still a little concerned about the bullpen. Still a little concerned about the bullpen. 
But nevertheless, nevertheless, I think it gives them a great opportunity. And Bob Nightingale, who's been writing about baseball forever, ever in the day, according to him, he says there will be a DH in the National League for the first time. So that is excellent. So that gives, for me, that gives the Mets a pretty good shot. All right, so we'll we'll keep an eye and we'll talk more about that. We'll talk more about that. Our Twitter poll question tonight at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM is very simple. It's about your New York Knicks. And once again, every time you turn around, there's more people rumored to be interviewed for the head coaching spot. No, not Jeff Van Gundy. No, not Mark Jackson. The latest two are Mike Brown, you remember him, and Jason Kidd, the former Nets slash Milwaukee head coach, currently an assistant with the Lakers. Mike Brown, formerly an assistant with the Lakers, formerly an assistant in Cleveland and a head coach in Cleveland. So our poll question is this. Knicks head coaching rumors continue with Mike Brown and Jason Kidd among the latest to be interviewed. Rumors. Between these two, who would do a better job? Brown or Kidd? Who would do a better job? Now, I got to tell you, Jason Kidd is, when you want to talk about grooming a point guard, and if you're not going to have Mark Jackson, because once again, he doesn't seem to be listed anywhere, I would be interested in Jason Kidd. Now, I must tell you, I got some reservations about Jay Kidd because he's he seems to be this generation's Larry Brown, where he doesn't where when he arrives, he's making plans to leave. <laughs> He's like walking in the door backwards because he's eventually going to leave soon. So, I mean, will he, and and similar to the question we asked last night, right, when we were talking about uh, Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy and the fact that Mike McCarthy is coming back after a year off. And you're always curious to see when a head coach gets another opportunity, what adjustments do they make, right? What what changes do they make? Do they learn something from their previous experiences? Doc Rivers did. And listen, when you're coach of the year with the Orlando Magic, and that was a team that was struggling a little bit, but you still win coach of the year with them, you know, there's no way to go but up with him. And he's been arguably one of the most successful coaches in the NBA. And he continues to make adjustments. And I remember talking to him before he got his first head coaching job when he was an analyst on TNT years ago. And he said, I love being an analyst because this allows me to look and watch and speak with coaches and go to practices and see everything they do and merge those thoughts with my philosophies and then get a job. And when you think about it, that's what Tom Thibodeau has done. Tom Thibodeau has gone to various camps and spoken to numerous head coaches. So obviously he is thinking about 
making some adjustments as well. So that would be the interesting thing about Jason Kidd is if he, it, wherever his next head coaching job is, and it could be in LA, but wherever his next coaching job is, what did he learn from coaching the Nets? What did he learn from coaching the Bucks? He was successful, but he always seemed to leave early. So what did he learn? As far as Mike Brown is concerned, listen, he's from the Greg Popovich tree. He's a guy who was on the Greg Popovich coaching staff. He's a guy who knows the sport. He's a guy who knows the game. He's a guy who's been at several places and has done some really, really good work. Okay. So he's a person that also, I think, brings some things to the table. So for you, Nick's head coaching rumors continue. Mike Brown and Jason Kidd among the latest to be interviewed between these two. Who would do a better job? Would it be Mike Brown or would it be Jason Kidd? You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Live you want Jeff Van Gundy. I know, I know, I know. But I don't hear their names being mentioned. The latest two, Mike Brown and Jason Kidd. Of those two, who would do a better job? And baseball's back. Talk about that as well. Spike's in Jersey. Spike, your batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Good evening, Brother Larry. Thank you for getting me on. I did a Gordon Larry bookend today. That takes did you? A lot of in- I did a lot of endurance for me. <laughs> wow, that's a long day, my friend. That's a long yeah, day. It is. How are you feeling, my friend? Great. Yourself? I feel wonderful. Couldn't feel better. We got uh, some form of baseball back. I, I dozed off a little bit. I told Kyrie that commercial got me again. And uh, and uh, and uh, <laughs> it just does. <laughs> You're getting up there. It'll, it'll come. And I, uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, did I hear it right with the baseball? I'll get to the hoops in a second. Did I hear it right with the baseball? They're going to put a guy on second base in the 10th inning? There was some talk about that, but but I thought that was under the old uh, agreement, so I'm not really sure yet what all the agreements uh, are going to be, but that was part of what they were going to uh, experiment with, uh, along with the DH in both leagues. Now, it turns out that the DH in both leagues are going to continue, and yes, Spike, it's true. There's going to be a runner at second base. They're trying to get these games over. We can't look. We got 60 games in the short amount of time. Spike, if ghosts and extra innings, you got to get that runner in. We're not trying to go 12, 14, 15 innings. Yeah, I get the premise. So after 11, does the guy go to third, or is it just the man on second? I'm not trying to be funny. Just on second. Okay. All right. I mean, that was a and you are trying to be funny, Spike. Yeah. Well, I just <laughs> got you laughing. Okay. Uh, I know you don't want to hear. I, I I was on with Barton Allen today, and mm-hmm. I, I I shouted out the evening crew. Gave everybody. Mm-hmm. I gave uh, Buddha and and Chris in Manhattan, and of course my nephew. I said we've been the, the boys have been doing the work scouting the point guards, and we're way ahead of the curve here. And That's I right. said I don't care if anyone's talking about Mark Jackson. I don't want Jason Kidd. We know Jason Kidd. As soon as he puts one foot in, he's got one foot out. We know that game. You know, he's always looking for more money or the better deal. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Uh, I'm surprised he lasted so long on the Lakers. 
if, if it wasn't for them doing so well. Mike Brown has kind of been a two guy for a long time, and he used that LeBron. A nice guy, but he's not head coach. I want Mark Jackson, and I want Mike Woodson. I want a guy who can hold the defenses credible, switches and all, and I want a guy who can break in point guards. And I said to Barton Allen, shopping for the coach is one thing. You got two players that are keepers. So we need at least three guys that can make a jump shot. Don't you think yeah, so? Definitely. Right? But we need definitely. makers and we need another draft pick. And, 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 and this country, we've been talking now, it seems for forever talking about hopefully making a step progress and getting closer to each other, no matter who we are, where we come from. So don't you think we could put what was holding Mark Jackson back and, and, and his beliefs in another area of life and, and let him come back home. What does that one call it? Blood in the ground? Yeah, there's blood in the but ground, he, yeah. Does, does Mark Jackson have blood in the ground? Does, oh, yeah. Does, does oh, yeah. Mike Woodson have blood in the ground here? Yeah, he does. And he never got a chance? So what's wrong with those two? Maybe, the, listen, sometimes you never hear the guy. Listen, I give the kid, uh, he's not a kid, he's a middle-aged guy, but I would give uh, the interim coach, he's entitled to an interview, and mm-hmm. he's entitled to an assistant spot, if that's what he wants. Right. All these other, if I haven't heard of half the other guys, and you probably haven't heard of half the other guys, would I be right? Yeah, there's a few. There's a couple of assistants that they're, they're talking about interviewing. Obviously, Kenny Atkinson's name was mentioned. Uh, there's there's been a number of guys that that they've yeah. been talking about. So it's, it's been a bunch. It's it's yeah. been a lot. Quite quite honestly. One, one last thing: Has Kenny Atkinson aged faster than any president? It looks like it, doesn't it? Oh, especially man. last year. I mean, especially this uh, season. It, it, it so did look he, like it. It it, he 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 got so old so fast, and maybe what I, look, I have no conspiracy theory. I loved him. He was a great high school player in Long Island, and he was a terrific. Uh, what they call him, a point guard whisperer, mm-hmm. yeah. shooting coach. He was, I think he was was he with Woody. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember anymore. But it's possibly he was with Woody, and he just it didn't it didn't wear well he was bad at the end of the game and stuff he, he's a very good too guy i think and he mm-hmm. may be a good developer but we only have mitchell robinson and rj barrett am i missing anyone no thank you and maybe alonzo trier but we don't know oh come on the, 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 the vendors played more than him you know, that's what i'm saying that was terrible. Every time he came in, I called you up, and he scored 10 points in three minutes. I couldn't figure out why he wasn't playing. His That's defense. right. Who, who played defense on that team? Nobody. The worst team in the world. I'll leave you with this and say hello to all my friends and, and just know I'm thinking about all you guys when I can't call. I try to catch you on the podcast. So, again, my best to you. I want Mark Jackson. I want Woody. And, and I want three shooters that can make shots. And, and then I'll be a happy camper. And stay well, my friend. Stay safe. You too, Spike. Thanks for checking in. He wants shot makers, not shot takers. I agree. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. A couple of points about this settlement in baseball season. Mm-hmm. Number one, whoever's going to win their division is going to be a survival of the fittest. With the short spring training, with 60 games in 67 days, plus the fact when you have the virus, to me, in my humble opinion, you're going to need 20 to 25 pitches to make it through the season. Mm-hmm. And you're going, to need, you're going to need extra guys, people in the outfield, 
and people in the infield get, get injured. So whoever is the deepest, and not only the major league roster, but the minor league roster, that's the team that's going to win. Number two, why? Why, in, in heaven's name, are they putting this stupid rule about putting a runner at second base in extra innings? Haven't they screwed up the game enough? I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, we're thinking about it. Oh, we're trying in the minor leagues. They're actually going to do it? It's ridiculous. It's not baseball. It's bad enough I have to live through a 60-game season, which is not baseball in the first place. Okay, it's a pandemic. They're, they're trying to do stuff. I get it, even though I think this is going to be a horrible baseball season. But to compound matters even further, you're going to make a farce of baseball? Yeah, Bruce, I, I, you know, I know they've been talking about this for a while and it's, it's just funny to me. And thanks for the phone call, my friend. Good to hear from you. It, it, it's, they're looking to try to do some things to make sure that these games don't go long. And by possibly starting with a runner on second and then you, and if they continue with the pitcher's got to pitch to one pitcher's got to pitch to at least three batters before you can pull them out. I mean, you know, listen. It's going to make it a little interesting, right? It's going to make it a little interesting. And you're right. Depth is going to be key. That's why if you're a Yankee fan, you're feeling pretty good about your team, even better, because you've got your folks back. And not not wishing this on anybody, but in the event of somebody getting the virus and you have to isolate them and who they've been with for two two or three guys, you're going to need talented depth more than ever. Aside from the fact that you got, as you mentioned, 60 games in 67 days. Adam's in Brooklyn. Hey, Adam, you're next on 98.7. What's going on, Larry? What's up, Adam? Yeah, I think the, the best fit for the Knicks, I mean, uh, well, before, before I say who I think it is, um, we have to realize that, um, the fast, you know, getting two free agents, uh, is not going to work. Uh, this team has to go more develop and we we should not hire a coach hoping that he could possibly bring this uh, guy because we tried that with Fisdale and it didn't work, obviously. So I think the proper guy that the Knicks should get is Kenny Atkinson. He, I mean, his, his his foot marks are still all over and broken with the guy that he has developed. He has developed a three-point shooter over there. He has developed uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, uh, he, he, did, he changed Angelo Russell's career completely. He, he did Jared Allen. So, I mean, this what he could do for the Knicks could be unbelievable, and we could do it uh, by developing and not hoping, and not hoping to sign two free agents because uh, that that's never going to work. This team, this team needs to go on develop, and we have to quit on the idea of getting the two big free agents. Well, Adam, you you make some great points. Thanks for the phone call. I like Kenny Atkinson. I like what he did over in Brooklyn. Uh, not sure what happened this year. There's all sorts of rumors, and you know you can pick or choose any one of them that you like. Uh, it was a little different than last year, but then again, expectations were different than last year, right? He kind of, the Nets kind of snuck up on some folks last year. Once you get Kyrie Irving and you have Kevin Durant and you know that Kevin Durant's going to be playing with the team, not obviously not this year, but next year. Okay. That changes how you look at the Nets. So, uh, maybe expectations were a little different. It was a little different group. It took time to build some chemistry, and then Kyrie was in and out of the lineup. That did not help, especially one of your best players and a point guard at that. So, uh, you know, Kenny Atkinson has shown that he can do some things. Questions, can he be the head coach? Can he continue to do well in the, in the garden? 
We'll have to wait and see. But I would not discount him. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Knicks head coaching rumors continue with Mike Brown and Jason Kidd among the latest to be interviewed. Between these two, who would do a better job? Would it be Mike Brown or would it be Jason Kidd? Now, once again, I understand that most of you want either Mark Jackson or you want Jeff Van Gundy. And I said, they're not available. It's just these two. So... (laughs) At Lindag3333 says, really? So she doesn't want either of the two. Uh, Casanova5256 says, Mark Jackson. Uh, La Luz Dreamo25 says he would rather have a bottle of Gatorade than the two of those. Interesting. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. We also have, uh, thanks to Howard says, neither. And, uh, okay. All right. New York, NYJ, NYK, NYY fan. So Jet Nick, Yankee fan says, oh, geez. So he's not happy with them. Uh, Cardio Craig wants Jeff Van Gundy. I know, I know. But Jason Kidd is running away 58% to 42% for Mike Brown. That's who's leading right now. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, Uncle Larry? How you doing, McBro? I'm doing good, Buddha. By the way, Dave Sims said tell you hello. Okay. That's good. I yep. like Dave. Dave is an originator. Yes. I remember Dave. Mm-hmm. The early days. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, that's that's cool. Peace out. Um, listen, man, with, with the poll question, I got to go along with, with, with whatever the other guys are saying on Twitter. I mean, I, I don't think it really makes a difference. You know, I'm just chuckling here today when I'm listening earlier and they're talking about how Thibodeau, you know, might want to keep all his options open <laughs> before, <laughs> before agreeing to commit to the next job or interview. Here we go again. I mean. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah. hey, Buddha, I guess he's looking at the wealth of talent on this Nick team and he's trying to see if he can do a little better somewhere else. I'm sure he is. I mean, you know, listen, man, you know, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. You know, like I said, like I always root for the Knicks. They're the home team. You know, I'm a Philly fan first, but you know, I, I would love to see the Knicks do well and it's better for business for all of us. Sure. But, um, like bad ownership, man, whether it's incompetent or it lacks passion, that's going to be a constant impediment to winning, man. You know, you look, you think that like the, the, the number one pick, didn't come to Madison Square Garden each one of these lotteries for no reason. Yeah, know. <laughs> you know, the know. NBA is, you know what the NBA is about. If they want somebody to go somewhere, they'll make sure they get there. And then when they wanted Patrick to get here, we got Patrick. You, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I just think, I'm listening, I'm thinking about all this stuff, like, especially with my team. Like, I got my two teams in, in New York, the Yankees. I don't have any problem with them. No. Nope. They've always been, a, you know, tried to win at best capacity. You know, all throughout the time I was a little child, but um, I mean, Woody Johnson since purchasing the Jets, purchasing the Jets, his record is one twenty three and one thirty three. Nothing to write home to the folks about. But let's talk about his brother, Chris Johnson, six 
16 and 32 since taking over. Yeah, you listen here, man. I mean, you, 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 it's just easy for us to sit here and start blaming, you know, and I'm not trying to make excuses because we have some bad coaches here. Yeah. But it's easy to blame the coaches, you know, the lack of talent. It is what it is, you know, or, or like we have the petulance with some players and, and then, you know, everybody's mad at Jamal Adams now. But, you know, they're a consequence, man. Mm-hmm. And the ownership is the causality, man. You know, speaking Jeez. about the Yankees, just imagine, just imagine, imagine if George Steinbrenner would have purchased the Knicks or the Jets. Yeah. You think this would have been like this? No. You, you, come no. on. <laughs> nope. You can't no. overcome that, man. <laughs> you know, Booty, you, you, you make some interesting points. So you're like, it's a group effort. Huh? It starts at the top and... Everything just just crumbles from there. Oh it's it's, it's a tough situation. It is. It Thanks really for the phone is. call, my friend. Thanks. Uh, and, and that's what you find. And that's because when people talk about changing culture, okay, you know, you can do that with a head coach who's won, and and then sometimes the owner kinds of kind of falls in line because they respect the fact that you have won elsewhere, and so you know. It's the same thing that Calvin Watkins from the Dallas Morning News was talking about with Jerry Jones last night. And he was saying that, you know, people make these comments about Jerry Jones, but, you know, when you've got coaches that he respects, that he believes they know what they're doing, he will follow their lead. It's when they mess up that he speaks out. And as an owner, I understand. Mark's in Newark. Hey, Mark, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how are you? Great, Mark. How are you? I'm great, too. Um, a couple of things just uh, strike me as unbelievably interesting. And um, so my mood, I guess, one would call it is confident and hopeful. Okay. Good. More confident and hopeful. Maybe a mixture of both. But um, so many things. The main thing that's, that I'm looking at, when I'm not only hearing all these fireworks going out of my house, but incidentally, I heard something on the news. I was watching the news today, and... They had, uh, Blasio was talking about the fireworks and what they're going to do to cut it off at the knees and this and that. And, uh, it, I heard people yelling as the fireworks are going off. They were saying, if you can't, if we can't sleep, you can't sleep. And, um, I was like, wow, what a statement. So that led me to the conversation I heard you have a little while ago. I forgot the gentleman's name because I heard it. Clinton that. Yates. Yes, yes. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing his show with, uh, Al. On Thursday, that's on radio. Yeah, that yeah, that, I'm, that I'm, one's I'm on radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, yeah. But the the main gist of where I'm at is, you know, I think that with outlets like ESPN, who's heard and seen by literally millions of people, and outlet and and like the news media, and and one of the biggest ones is social media, and those and those and those phones, these, these beloved phones. I think I think it's just turning into um, an oxymoronic race, if you will. Uh, it's like it's, it's like the um, the media is, and and everything has has made it so that the people who are racist, man, they're running and they're hiding because they're being outed, and and that is so important in in every aspect of our lives. When I see the uh, all these people on the news, for example. You know, it's not, the message is different. And I'm sorry for all the lives lost. I, I mean, I feel it. But wow. 
but but as far as that it happened and since it happened and um and unfortunately some more instances have happened but the good thing through it is things like you're seeing uh businesses are saying whoa i i think i think that we're we got to get on the right side here we got to get on inclusion we got to get on diversity people ain't having that no more and and I think that the fireworks and the and the arguments and the new shows like the one that's gonna come on there and like shows like yours and, and where where people hear the conversation, but the the racists, the ones that wanna still hide behind the Confederate flag, by the way, that, that mayor in Mississippi is catching hell right now. Mm-hmm. Talking about separate but equal. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's worldwide. Everybody who is not racist are against those that are still hanging on and trying to be racist, but what, but racist, listen to me loud and clear. Are you millions of racists? Hopefully not millions that's listening, but if you are, and it's you, you're being outed, you're, you're getting fired. There's consequences. So you might want to just keep your hoods on and hide because if you just, if you do something that somebody's going to see you on cell phones, that's, a, that's amazing. Every day you look on a cell phone and somebody's getting out of saying or doing something. You spoke about somebody who did it a few minutes ago. There, there, you can't hide. And that's mm-hmm. where the war, the true war of change is happening. And, and it's happening for the good side. We're on the good side of the force. Black, white, or whomever. Nobody wants oppression and racism no more. Hidden or over. That's what I got. You're right, Mark. And, and thanks for the phone call. And that's what you want. That that's what that's how change happens, and that's how makes change sustainable. Okay, and yeah, you're not going to change everybody. You understand that, but through conversation, through education, through voting, it's a multi-tiered game plan about change about changing. And yeah, change is uncomfortable. It can be, but you know. As you listen and you see and you experience some things and you ask questions about things that you really don't understand, that's how you learn. It's like going to school. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 